name is Casey, and this is Becoming Europe, a podcast where I delve into the real-life consequences and impacts of European migrant policies. Typically, I aim to achieve this through a series of interviews in order to really understand how these consequences manifest, but today, it's just me and my research. On the morning of February 24th, 2022, a Putin-led Russian invasion entered Ukraine. This invasion took the form of air raids and explosions across many of the cities, one of them being the capital, Kyiv, leading to dozens of casualties and more to follow. And as we followed the news, we definitely know that more followed. Swiftly after these attacks, Russian military moved into the country in the effort of seizing government seats. With Russian forces targeting Ukraine with land and sea-based missiles, their goal is clear to seize control of what is deemed the powerful centers of Ukraine. For instance, Ukraine lost control of Chernobyl. This morning, because this story is constantly developing, there was another fight between Russian troops and Ukrainian troops on Snake Island. Regardless of many world leaders advising against it, Putin is embarking on, quote, the largest ground war in Europe since World War II, end quote, according to AP News. Putin gave a televised address where he justified the invasion by saying that it is all in the effort to protect civilians in eastern Ukraine. While the loss of human life is already devastating, the damage being done by these explosions are damaging water, gas, and power supplies, therefore cutting off the Ukrainian people from resources that they would need, basic resources to survive. While countries such as the United States, South Korea, Australia, and Hungary are announcing sanctions against Russia, Sanctions seem to only last until the country who sets those boundaries no longer feel they have anything to lose. It's a way of protecting personal interest while making it seem like you care about the public. And to me, what it boils down to is many people talking about a nation in peril while refusing to make any tangible moves to help. The Ukrainian people have taken to sheltering in the underground metro. Many attempted to flee the country, many currently are. 44 million people are at risk. 5 million people are predicted to be put in positions where they are forced to flee, and that number very well could rise. In fact, I'm sure it probably already is. There are massive traffic jams, people crossing borders on foot with suitcases and their families. Flying out of the country is no longer an option as Western airlines have ceased flying near the area. People are scared their sons will be held back to join the army. Lines are along for gas and train tickets and families are getting separated. For the people who want to leave, they are desperate. The UK has made a statement they are willing to take refugees, but have yet to give a number or a specific plan. And we have seen a habit of countries claiming spaces for refugees and then refusing them at the door. In fact, it came out in the news that the UK said that they would welcome them with open arms, and a handful of hours later, more news articles came out that they were having problems at the borders and having issues accepting people. According to at the Refugee Rights Project on Instagram, quote, fears prevail that Europe's asylum system is not adequately prepared to effectively receive, support, and welcome large numbers of refugees, end quote. Roland Schilling, the regional representative of the UN Refugee Agency, said, Quote, we expect much larger numbers. We are aware of large queues forming at border crossings. We are preparing our humanitarian response together with other UN nations, end quote. And we can only hope these agencies and countries stick to their promises, and if not, we push them. We don't let up until they do. The U.S. says they will take Ukrainian refugees, but have yet to provide any concrete information on how, especially given the lack of air travel provided to the area and the fact that the two countries are 5,687 miles away from one another. Countries like the Czech Republic 
Republic, Slovakia, and Poland are sending troops, medical aid, and rail cars, as well as providing beds and safe houses for refugees. I created this podcast for graduate school seminar final project, and in less than a year, it has become so much more for me. I saw a tweet this morning, and unfortunately, I can't seem to find it again, but if I do, it will be linked in the description of this episode, that to people in the US, war feels abstract, and whoever said this is completely right. For many of us, war is an abstract, distant thing. I was a kid when the war in Afghanistan started, and I never really knew until they told us in school or until I was old enough to understand the news. War doesn't seem to touch the US in the way that it did. And I think a lot of people find a sense of safety in that, in the way that if things start to feel too real, too scary, too bad, we can just shut the laptop off, change the app on our phone, and we don't have to see it. Out of sight, out of mind. Many people give the counter argument to this of, you never know, this could happen to you. And while I believe that's true, we never really know, it could happen anywhere, I want to add another layer to it because it doesn't matter how far we are. It doesn't matter that it could impact our lives in some way, like gas prices rising. It matters that innocent people are caught in the crossfires of a conflict they didn't create, caught in a situation where they are just victims in someone's larger game, a game they never wanted to play. People will say, oh, well, what if it was your family who had to flee? And while I think sometimes questions like this are good at like prompting people to open their minds a little bit, even though like personally speaking, I don't think that this is something that is hard to understand that this is clearly a bad thing that is happening. I think it doesn't matter if it was your family, because regardless, families are being torn apart. People are living in shelters in underground metro stations. People are losing their access to basic needs, and people are losing their lives. It doesn't matter that it could happen to you because it's happening to someone. Perhaps it's with the safety that comes from being so far away that I feel there's a possibility for change, and a possibility that maybe governments and politicians will wake up and stop seeing refugees as numbers, or burdens, or political pawns for their own benefit. It. Perhaps through some of the action that people have been doing, protests and whatnot, perhaps we can make them see. But it shouldn't have come at the cost of the lives and people in Afghanistan, Syria, Ukraine, or any nation facing conflicts like this. At Intersectional Environmentalist writes, quote, We did not wake up in a different world today. We woke up in the same world where countries place profit over planet, destruction over humanity, and violence over empathy and compassion. We need global systems change to end the continuous suffering of both people and planet. And that's entirely true. This isn't a localized event. This isn't something that is happening inside of a bubble. There are larger systems at work that need to change in order for people to feel safe and protected again. As this story is developing, I wanted to include some of the things that I've been seeing this morning after writing this script the day before. At the Worldwide Tribe writes, War is hell, whether in Europe or further away. Refugees deserve our compassion wherever they come from. This is a reminder that the people who are fearing for their lives and their futures today are the same people who may be arriving to our shores seeking safety tomorrow. While many people have a tendency to criticize how much we are on our phones today, you can see people's stories unfolding in real time if you just go on social media. You can see those people fearing for their future, fearing for their lives, fleeing a country. In a video on Vice World News, Matthew Castle spoke to people attempting to flee Ukraine and was asking, why are you fleeing the country? He speaks to one young man who says something along the lines of, if you don't leave, you will die. And 
he has instinct and he wants to be safe, so he's leaving the country. Many people feel like they don't have an option. The idea that government officials in their fancy homes making so much money can have the ability to just shut down borders and create this narrative that refugees are bad people, people that don't need to come into these countries, people who should just stay in their own countries, people who should like work harder to fix the problems in their own countries before going somewhere else, clearly don't understand the level of fear that these people are feeling. There are also articles of Afghan refugees who have gone to Ukraine thinking that that would be safe for them and are reliving another war. I believe it's also on Vice World News, an article interviewing uh, an Afghan refugee who says that he is reliving that trauma again. He thinks that moving to the Ukraine is going to make it safe again. He's going to have a normal life, but he goes and he's living in another war. I think social media has this interesting duality where on one hand, it makes things feel so much closer to home. We have this ability to learn what is happening in Ukraine in real time, what is happening to these people in real time. However, we also equally have the ability to shut it off to not look at it anymore, to block words on Twitter, to block posts on Instagram, and not have to see this news anymore. And it's tricky because, like I said, I think many people are tempted by that. I think after the handful of years that we've had living in a global pandemic in the United States, living through the day of insurrection last year in 2021, presidential elections, countries being split in two, the rise of legislator that is going to make reproductive rights harder for people with a uterus and laws trying to be passed, trying to limit how much you can teach kids and limit their exposure to learning things like different sexualities and gender identities and identities in general. Like we live in a very scary world right now. And so I understand why it feels sometimes nicer to just bury your head in the sand, but we can't do that. Many people also take to social media and say that they can't form an opinion on something yet. They don't know all the facts. And I think that's very fair. I think that that is sometimes a very wise thing, most of the time a very wise thing. You should come to certain subjects in an educated manner or as much of an educated manner as one can. But the issue that I have with this is that all the information is out there. And this isn't something that is brewing. It is something that has boiled over. The people in Ukraine, much like the people in Afghanistan, and Syria and many other nations need help now. And the issue that I have with saying I need to educate myself on the matter first is that all the information is out there. You can do that. There is, of course, the risk of misinformation, so you do have to pay attention to what news sources you are using and where you are getting your information from, but you can become more educated on it. People are suffering, people are dying, people are living in fear and trying their best to leave a country that they called home. They're leaving everything behind. They're leaving friends, they're leaving the schools that they went to, the homes that they grew up in. People who have been there for generations suddenly can't be there anymore and they need help. And I suppose that's what I'm trying to do with this little episode is A, try my best and try in vain probably to give a summary of what is currently happening and there are updates happening almost every minute so it's impossible to include all of it here since I'm sure in the time that I've been recording this more has happened um, but all that information is out there and I also wanted to use this platform to show people that these are atrocities happening to human beings. To me there isn't really a debate about this. 
People are hiding in metro stations. Kids can't go to school anymore. Kids can't see their friends anymore. People are grabbing the most important things in their homes that maybe they lived in for years and just leaving. Families are getting separated. Who knows if people are going to see their family again? There are countless stories coming out of people trying to cross the border. One woman told a reporter that her husband and her son were on the other side and she doesn't know when she's going to see them or if she's going to see them. Things like this don't seem debatable to me and I wanted to show that right now there are horrendous things happening to human beings and like I said it doesn't matter that it could happen to you, it doesn't matter that we're so far away, it matters that it's happening to people. It's happening to families. It's happening to children. People are flocking to hospitals to try to donate blood for the people who are remaining in Ukraine. They're being pushed to their limit and they need help. And so I wanted to show what is happening. I wanted to show that to me, there is no debate. People need help. It is a humanitarian crisis and people need help. And I don't think that that is something that you can take a different side on. And I also wanted to spotlight some resources and ways to help. So all of this will be linked in the description of this episode, but you can always donate to the Red Cross. There is the organization Nova Ukraine, Revive Soldiers Ukraine, United Help Ukraine, People in Need. There are people to follow. I've linked their Instagram handles or Twitter handles in the description, but people like Lindsay Adario, Polina Vanova, and then some of the accounts that I've mentioned today, International Environmentalist, uh, the Refugee Rights Project, etc. All of those are great ways of staying informed, and they are great sources to donate money to, especially when you are living so far away. You might wonder what you can do, but you can provide funds or kind of any help to these organizations, and a little goes a long way. And I also saw on many Instagram accounts, people saying buy from Ukrainian businesses, people from Ukraine who have like stores in your cities maybe, and also to check on the people in your life with connections to the Ukraine because this is a war. It is inherently traumatic. People are very worried about their families. People are worried about friends who are living over there. So to summarize, what you can do is donate, stay informed, and just check in on the people around you. Additionally, there are countless protests happening in countless cities against the war, and so you can look into your city and see if there are perhaps any kind of demonstrations or protests that you can go to. You can write to representatives encouraging sanctions, stressing that this is a humanitarian crisis and that people need help. And then I would say the other two things that you can do that I think are very important and sometimes go unrecognized is to stay informed, stay educated, stay on top of things, and don't let people lose interest. Sadly, we kind of saw that with Afghanistan. People were talking about it for two weeks, three weeks maybe, and then you turn on the news and you don't see anything about it anymore, which is why it's important to follow accounts that talk about these things stay informed about these things because mass media coverage, who knows how long they'll cover it. And even when they stop covering it, people are still suffering. Just because the news stopped covering it doesn't mean the story's over. So staying informed and not letting people lose interest is a really, really crucial step in getting people to actually take some kind of action. It's disheartening, of course. I don't think that there are words that will justify what is happening, but I hope that... This short episode either educated you on something, inspired you to stay more educated, inspired you to donate, inspired you to find ways to help provide support for Ukraine, or even just reinforced the idea that refugees are not numbers, they are not burdens, they are not political pawns, they are people just like us who had these lives and are now uprooted because of something they didn't even do, uprooted completely involuntarily. So like I said, I will have all of this information 
in the description for this episode. On Instagram, I'm going to have links to all of the donation sites that I mentioned. Um, so I am at Becoming Europe Pod, and I will also be highlighting people to follow there, um, as well as putting them in the description here. So this is an ongoing story, and even as I say it now, I feel like I didn't do any justice to it because it is constantly developing and it is just a terrible ongoing story. But I hope in some way this episode inspired you to take some kind of action to understand that even if you are located far from Ukraine, you have the ability to do something to help them. Typically, I end by saying something along the lines of like, you know, and through all of this, we find really what are the stakes in becoming Europe and we'll see it in real time. We'll see how the European countries open their doors or close their doors to these refugees. And unfortunately, we will see it unfold in real time. And we can only hope that these governments stand by their vague words and actually let people in. But it's a constantly unfolding story, so I will try to remain updated on it. I will try to be one of those accounts that you can turn to to stay informed. But in the meantime, I just encourage you to donate. I encourage you to stay informed. And I encourage you to not let people lose interest. Because once people lose interest, it's almost like the people that are suffering are forgotten and they deserve more than that. So this has been Becoming Europe. I will once again stress all of the donation links and people to follow and sources are in the description. Please check them out. And thank you for listening.